One in four people surveyed by Bankrate.com say they're literally losing sleep because of worries that they might not have saved enough to retire. If you're ready to get serious about planning for the future, you can start by listening to Retire Texas Style with host Steve Hoyle of the Hoyle Financial Group. Tune in Sunday afternoons at 3 and Tuesday evenings at 6 right here on News Radio KLBJ. And don't forget to visit Steve online at RetireTexasStyle.com. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. That's right. It's the Tuesday edition of the Todd and Oz Show at 533. And yeah, you could jump in anytime you want at 512-836-0590. The polls here in Texas open today for early voting in the presidential primary. Early voting is what we call convenience voting. It allows you to vote when you want to vote and to plan ahead and not have to wait until the last day on election day because if you wait until election day you run the risk that a family issue a work issue weather issues or simply long lines causes you not to cast your ballot that's rice university political science professor mark jones reminding us that texas is an open primary state meaning that anyone can vote in either primary the democratic primary or the republican primary regardless of whether or not you think of yourself as a Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent. That said, if you vote in the Republican primary in March, you can only vote in the Republican primary runoff in May. And if you vote in the Democratic primary runoff in March, you can only vote in the Democratic primary runoff in May. And if you wanted to sign a petition, say, for a no-labels candidate or some other third-party candidate who's trying to get on the ballot, you're unable to sign uh, that petition if you vote in the March 5th primary. That's Rice University's political science professor, Mark Jones. Now, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is taking some shots at the former president, Donald Trump, ahead of the South Carolina primary. Trump has won big so far in the races over Haley, but in her home state of South Carolina, her message is she is the candidate who can unite America. Donald Trump can't win. And we have to win. That's the biggest thing. Trump's 2016 primary victory in South Carolina helped cement his frontrunner status. This time around, he has the support from all the state's top elected leaders and all but one of its congressional Republicans. But Haley points out Trump lost in 2020. He has lost cases in court and Republicans have lost votes in Congress. And Donald Trump had his fingerprints on all of it. Everything he touches, we lose. How many more times do we have to lose before we say maybe he's the problem? Nikki Haley argues she is the only choice among the remaining candidates who can handle disputes with foreign leaders in a way that will keep America on solid footing abroad. I'm Ed Donahue. It is 534. The Biden administration is reportedly... Well, taking its goal of a temporary ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war to the U.N. Security Council later today. Reuters reports that it has seen the proposed draft U.N. resolution. It would in part call for a temporary ceasefire and would call on Israel to not go into Rafah in the Gaza Strip, where many Palestinian refugees have fled. Pushback from Richard Goldberg, a former NSC official in the Trump White House. He tells Fox News Digital the U.S. should be vetoing pro-Hamas resolutions, not proposing them. Gary Baumgarten, Fox News. Joe Biden says it's shocking that House Republicans won't pass more military aid for Ukraine. Talking to reporters on his way into the White House, President Joe Biden was asked about the lack of action in the GOP-led House when it came to Ukraine. The way they're walking away from the threat of Russia, the way they're walking away from NATO, 
the way they're walking away from leaving our obligation is, is just shocking. I've been for a while. I've never seen anything like this. Overseas to Kiev and Republican Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick. We're going to get something through Congress. The, the problem is you have, a, you have a lot of people that don't want to compromise. We have a compromise bill in the House, Democrats and Republicans unified together, that we're going to demand a vote, get it to the Senate, and get this done. Fitzpatrick was speaking on the sidelines of a lecture with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in Ukraine. I'm Shelley Adler. U.S. lawmakers continuing to call for a response to Russia's creation of a space system that could threaten America's global security. We get more on the story. Securing America. Reaction continues concerning the revelation that the Russians are working on a space-based system which could target satellites orbiting the Earth. Virginia Republican Congressman Rob Whitman discussed the situation Monday on Fox Business's Mornings with Maria. The threat is real, but it's not immediate. The good news is we have time to deter Russia from operationalizing this threat, and I think we absolutely have to do that. However, the congressman admitted that space is now where our enemies are looking for new ways to disrupt our way of life. That is the frontier where people look to take out our capabilities, whether it's GPS, weather satellites, you name it. Uh, people know how important it is to the economy of the United States. Whitman is advocating a pragmatic response to the situation. We should not undersell the magnitude of this threat, but I am very, very uh, confident that we have the ability to counter this threat. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. It is 537. A sizable cockfighting ring has been broken up in Caldwell County. The sheriff's office says nine people have been arrested, 20 cars towed away along with a big trailer, 35 roosters also seized. And officials say the ring was discovered on the 3000 block of Dry Creek Road. And they say the investigation continues. It was a hoax call about a kidnapping of a child, and it sent nine Austin police officers scrambling on the city's north side of town. Police say Markeisha Thompson called 911 to report that a rental car had been stolen from her home, or rather from Home Depot, in the parking lots with her baby inside. Well, police tracked the car down and they found that there was actually no baby inside. And later learned that the baby was safe in San Antonio with a friend. And police say Thompson then confessed to filing a false report because she no longer wanted custody of her infant daughter. She's now facing a Class A misdemeanor. It was over the weekend that the Austin Police Association president noted that an entire sector of our city went two hours without a patrol officer, claiming current police staffing levels have not been, uh, well, since uh, 2006 this low. APA President Michael Bullock says 2006, the police department had a little more than 14,000 officers, uh, roughly the same number as uh, eight years later. And now, uh, on one local business says, the public safety downtown is, is a big concern. Uh, but um, with the strained department due to staffing issues, it's those problems that have Bullock really concerned. We're on an unsustainable path, and our department is reaching a point where we just, we, we can't rearrange ourselves. Is stretching us way too thin, and we're starting to see these, these gaps that are coming up in our coverage, in our ability to respond to 911 calls, and ultimately, right, it's a detriment to being able to provide the level of public safety that our city expects. It's a holistic approach, right? Like, there is no, there's no silver bullet that fixes all of this, right? So there are multiple aspects that need to be addressed, not just from a criminal justice system. Now, he says that the current APD staffing levels are the same as they were back in 2006, despite the city growing by more than 200,000 people and now being the 10th largest city in the country. And Bullock says getting a police contract with the city is also very important to recruits and retain, and he believes they're getting closer to finding a path forward towards those negotiations.
It is 540. The CBP sources recently telling Fox News that there's been more than 20,000 Chinese migrant encounters along the U.S. southern border since October of last year. Republican Senator Josh Hawley, uh, the Republican from Missouri, has a problem with that. 20,000 Chinese nationals just since October coming into this country, taking jobs, driving down wages. Of course, China's already buying farmland, U.S. farmland, at a record pace, Kaylee. I mean, it's it, this is unbelievable. And clearly it shows that the border is completely open. Joe Biden wants it open. Yeah, the White House officials have argued congressional Republicans are to blame for not helping fix the immigration system. Residents of sanctuary cities like New York are becoming outraged of the resources that are being used for those illegal aliens. The migrant crisis continues to grow here in New York City, but Mayor Eric Adams says the city is running out of room and resources are stretched thin. But furious Harlem residents demanded a halt on plans to convert an apartment building into migrant housing when local residents said they need that themselves. This luxury apartment complex was almost home to dozens of migrants, but after that fierce pushback, Mayor Eric Adams has reversed course, saying homes in Harlem should be for Harlem residents. And the facility will now be used to house homeless New Yorkers. It is 541. Bullet points. I'm Evan Brown. Could another state introduce the so-called constitutional carry law? Louisiana lawmakers are holding a special legislative session themed on addressing rising crime throughout the state, especially like cities such as New Orleans. One of those bills listed for consideration by the Louisiana Senate is a bill to make concealed carry permits unnecessary for Louisiana residents who can already own their firearms legally, which is to say they aren't previously convicted criminals. It wouldn't be the first time the Louisiana legislature tried to pass constitutional carry. Back in 2021, the GOP-led legislature passed a bill with enough votes to override the coming veto by then-Governor John Bell Edwards, a Democrat, but lawmakers ended up switching votes during the overturn attempt. Newly elected Republican Governor Jeff Landry is expected to sign such a measure. And those are your bullet points. I'm Evan Brown, Fox News. 549 here on the Todd and Oz Show. You could jump in at 512-836-0590. There's some new data that shows hospitals are shutting down to a lack of funding. This is House Call for Health. New data shows hundreds of hospitals in rural areas are at risk of closing. According to the information from Chartis, a Chicago healthcare advisory services firm, a total of 141 rural hospitals have shut down since 2010, and another 453 could follow. The data points to several factors that could lead to a hospital's closure, including the number of years operating without any profit and the amount of net patient revenue. Among the rural hospitals still operating, many are dropping critical health services, such as maternal care and cancer treatment. The seven states listed in the study with the most vulnerable hospitals are Texas, Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Georgia, and Mississippi. One doctor not involved in the study telling Fox News Digital that between the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid and private insurers, hospitals have faced even smaller reimbursement amounts. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health on Lisa Brady, Fox News. It is 5.50 and with a look at Tuesday Business Here's reporter Jessica Edinger. Wall Street's back at it this morning after the President's Day holiday for the financial markets yesterday. Stocks are coming off a week of swings last week, but here's where the major averages are. So far this year, the Dow up 2%, the S&P 500 index and the Nasdaq each up 
5%. The major averages were hovering around record highs when a tick up in the consumer price index sent markets plunging last Tuesday, and investors have had to adjust to the idea that the Fed won't likely be lowering interest rates anytime soon. Now, last Friday, the January producer price index, a measure of inflation at the wholesale level, it came in slightly hotter than expected, too. But it's a bumpy ride down. This to me is a one-off. People have got their hair on fire. Inflation's moving down. It doesn't move in a straight line. And I think we're going to get to April, May, and we're going to see inflation back moving to 2%. SMBC Nico Securities' Joe Lavornia on CNBC. Last Friday, we got the latest on consumer confidence. It missed forecasts, but it wasn't bad. University of Michigan, 79.6 on headline. And even though that's less than we expected, that is still the best, the highest form of confidence going back to July of 2021. CNBC's Rick Santelli. Watch Bitcoin today. It's been on quite a run heading into the long holiday weekend and it traded all weekend long. It never stops. It was hovering around 52,000 its highest since December of 2021. The coin has gained more than 20% just this month. And get this, Bitcoin's market cap is now back above $1 trillion. That's bigger than Berkshire Hathaway. If it were a company, it would be the seventh biggest in the United States. CNBC's Melissa Lee. Of course, we top the show with the announcement that Capital One will buy Discover Financial Services for $35 billion. This at a time when the banking industry is begging for help in fighting fraud. Yes, because banks can't really do anything about people pulling out their money to give to fake fraudsters overseas they're in love with. Romance scams are worse than ever. Criminals pose as attractive partners and reach out online to lonely Americans on social media. Once someone responds, the avatars spend hours each day slowly convincing the victim that they have fallen in love with a real person. Then they introduce the investment opportunity and coach the victim on how to liquidate assets. It's at that point that the financial institutions come in. It's really hard because it is the customer's money. I mean, we've heard stories where uh, we know a bank teller that was sobbing, calling, talking with a longtime customer, begging them not to do this type of thing. And in the end, you know, we have to give them access to their funds. Paul Benda is an expert on fraud at the American Bankers Association. CNBC's Eamon Javers. You can watch the whole report at CNBC.com. On today's watch list, earnings season picking up again. We're going to hear from Walmart and Home Depot. That is reporter Jessica Edinger. It is 5.53. NASA is looking to uh, simulate a year-long mission to Mars. It is already looking for some volunteers. Fox on set. NASA is putting up Martians' wanted signs. The space agency looking for volunteers to simulate a year-long mission to Mars. It's part of the CHAPIA program, known as Crew Health and Performance Exploration Analog, where chosen volunteers will live in a 3D-printed habitat in Houston, simulate Mars challenges like spacewalks, crop growth, and tech failures. But you'll need a science, technology, engineering, or math doctorate, as well as pilot training. NASA says ideal candidates will also be non-smokers ages 30 to 55 years old and also need the candidates to be proficient in English for effective communication and who hold a strong desire for unique, rewarding adventures and interest in contributing to NASA's work to prepare for the first human journey to Mars. And yes, your 
paid. The deadline to apply April 2nd, the mission is scheduled to kick off in the spring of next year. With Fox on Tech, I'm Jeff Manasso, Fox News. So tell me, if you really want to get a good look at uh, the total eclipse coming up in April, it appears that Delta is ready for you. Delta Airlines is offering a special flight on April 8th from Austin, Texas to Detroit. If you're on flight 1218, it will give passengers a premium view of the eclipse through the plane's extra-large windows. The only thing Delta asks for, other than payment for the ticket, is that you bring protective sunglasses. It's still not a good idea to view a total solar eclipse with a naked eye. If you can't get on the April 8th Austin flight, five other flights, one out of Detroit and two each from L.A. and Salt Lake City, will offer views on that day. By the way, the next total solar eclipse over North America, 2044. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. <laughs> oh, goodness. COVID. Man, oh, man, oh, man. You okay this morning? You all right? Oh, I'm great. You breathing in that air? Can you feel it? All that, that uh, fine particulate matter? <laughs> Diet over here. Yeah, environmental activists, they're seizing this new report this morning from the Environmental Protection Agency claiming the air that you breathe here in Austin is dangerous. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, the report claims Austin air has uh, dangerously high levels of fine particulate matter. Uh, in other words, soot. Yeah. Soot in the air. Yeah. Oh. Did they drum up this report to get rid of the Fayette power plants? Was that part of it? Uh, you know, I don't know, but the, the timing's kind of coincidental as you got the mayor talking about it now. It sounds like there was some sort of coincidental timing here. Well, uh, well, the EPA says that the soot leads to things like increased infant mortality rates, lung disease, and more. Yeah, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality is expected to uh, have a discussion about this. Uh, with the Capital Area Metropolitan Planning Authority coming up in April. You know, I've been trying to figure out why every time, uh, you know, it's the end of the day and I'm getting ready to go to bed and brush my teeth that, you know, I'm hacking up stuff like I just crawled out of a coal mine. Yeah. And now it makes sense. The EPA says we're breathing in dangerous, fine, particulate matter. And... Uh, I guess what? I guess we got to start wearing like respirator masks. Well, I mean, listen. Uh, the mayor says we got to shut down the Fayette Power Plant. It's commits. Uh, it's it's responsible for seventy five percent of the dirty pollution that we currently breathe. Is what he says. Right. We're all getting black lung. That's why here. we need to shut it down by the year twenty thirty. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that seriously. Seriously, the Fayette Power Plant is responsible for seventy five percent of the uh, pollution in our air. Is what the mayor says. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, it's an urgent crisis, this climate change thing, you know, with this existential threat. But we'll shut it down in the year 2030 plus. Well, you have it, to. It, the words and the actions don't match. True, true. But you have to assume, too, that, that amid all of this, you know, the sky is falling panic, mm -hmm. that, they, that they don't have any alternatives. Like they've got nothing else to fall back That's on. That's true. That's so, true. So, what are they going to do? Close it down and then just plunge us all into darkness? Well, uh, listen, and here's the thing. The, the city of Austin doesn't have the power to close it down. Yeah. They just have the power to get out of the deal. Right. LCRA is going to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. So so we wouldn't go into darkness. It just wouldn't be Austin so, making any money anymore. So the 75% air pollution would still be there, Mayor. And you'd have no access to the power, which you already say the power grid is in question. Mm. It just makes no sense to me. It is uh, 608. Jump in here at 512-836-0590. We're so glad you chose to join us 
uh, here on the Todd and I show. It's uh, Well, the polls are open today, right? Yes, indeed. Early voting getting underway this morning. Meaning that anyone can vote in either primary, the Democratic primary or the Republican primary, regardless of whether or not you think of yourself as a Democrat, a Republican, or an Independent. There you go. That's Rice University political professor uh, Mark Jones talking about the uh, the state being an open primary state. Mm -hmm. You'll need some form of ID, driver's license, passport, that kind of thing, utility bill, and there's a few other things you could show, uh, you know, that uh, that allows you to vote. Uh, But early voting gets underway today. Yeah. You got uh, Ted Cruz on the ballot there, uh, more than a dozen state senators, uh, you know, board of education members, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you get out there and do it, I, you know, I guess uh, you're, you're kind of locked in. Like, if you vote Republican in the primary, you're, yeah. they say you're locked in to vote that same way in November. Right? I just want to throw a question out there for the, just everybody listening this morning. Just kind of a general poll topic uh, this morning, okay? Do you think that this election will be a fair election? Uh, especially you, uh, you progressive-leaning Austinites this morning, you Democrats. Do you think this will be a fair election? You know, because some people had some doubts of previous elections. But do you? Th- let's just let's don't go in the past. Coming up at this current election, do you think this will be a fair election? Uh, and that's really a, a question for you, Austin Democrats. I already know what some of the listeners of the Todd and I show feel. But uh, what, what what do you think? Do you think it'll be a fair election? Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Whatever your opinion is, that's uh, we'd love to hear it. Hard to say, you know. I, I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of skepticism out there, and and it's hard it's hard not to be when you look at all of the interference from the DOJ and the FBI and and all the you know the the, the Russia collusion collusion nonsense and and all these politicians injecting their their uh, narratives. They're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at Trump to make him get him off. It cannot be a fair election. Makes you wonder. It can't be. It can't be based on the rhetoric. Trump's a Nazi. He's a wannabe dictator. Why would you have a fair election if you thought your political opponent was a Nazi Hitler dictator? Right? Yeah. Yeah. The two the two don't go together. You can't Joe Biden can't call Donald Trump a dictator, a Nazi, a Hitler, a communist. You can't a Putin super you can't say those things and then in the same breath say it's going to be a fair election. It just they just don't go together, right? Yeah, well, and and certainly when you say stuff like that, you you really start inciting some nasty stuff. Mm. And, and uh, I, I maybe that's what you know. May, maybe they're trying to get their their base so riled up and angry. Cause, hey, we we have to go fight the Nazis because you know there are idiots that actually believe that there are Nazis rising through the ranks of the Republican Party, which is one of the most absurd things I've ever heard. That what's that's what makes me think they'll do anything they can. Yeah, right. Right yeah. to, to save the American people, yeah. to save the country from the dictator. Yeah, Florida Congressman Corey Mills, he says the Biden administration's recent calls for a ceasefire in Gaza are politically motivated. The U.S. has proposed uh, the United Nations draft a resolution calling on Israel and Hamas to agree to a temporary ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, Congressman Mills on Fox just a few minutes ago. This is about politics. Joe Biden is worried about his upcoming reelection. He has seen what Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib has made comments on in, in Michigan in regards to the Muslims in the area of Dearborn. And this is this is purely politics over strategy. Yeah, Congress uh, Congresswoman Tlaib uh, calling on Democrats in her state to withhold votes from Joe Biden in the Michigan primary because of the war in Gaza. Yeah, this draft resolution comes as Israel prepares for a ground offensive in Rafah, 
a decision which has sparked some international condemnation. Uh, hundreds of thousands of Palestinians have been displaced uh, during this war, with many fleeing uh, to Rafah. Uh, Joe Biden has uh, told the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that uh, the Rafah invasion should not proceed without a clear plan to protect civilians. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just I think it's funny that she she's pushing so hard against Joe Biden simply because, you know, he hasn't done this whole ceasefire. I mean, whether it comes from the Austin City Council or the White House. I mean, what did, what did, what do these people think that it's actually going to stop what's happening over there? Somebody's going to hey 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 whoop, stop Joe Biden issued a ceasefire resolution. We got to stop. Oh, we got to stop. Guys. We got to stop now. Right? All these many 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 generations of fighting. We got to stop it because of Joe Biden now. And that, I mean, this is absurd. But hey, if you want to if you want to argue against him, by all means, please do. Six eighteen here on the Todd and Oz show. As you know, uh, you can join us at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Kevin O'Leary from uh, the Shark Tank, entrepreneur, you know, investor. Uh, yeah. He was on Fox Business yesterday talking about uh, this Trump ruling out of New York, an assault on the real estate business. Uh, talking about this um, this $350, $360 million judgment against Donald Trump for allegedly uh, over-evaluating, uh, inflating the value of his properties in hopes of getting better loans. Mm-hmm. That's the allegations. Mm-hmm. And now has been ordered to pay hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, uh, Kevin O'Leary kind of sounding the alarm on this one. Here he is. I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here. And, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the, the decision at all. It, it, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this. And I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state. Like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now. And yeah, there you go. Kevin O'Leary on the Fox Business Channel. Yeah. yeah, the former president, Donald Trump's legal team, responds to the recent ruling in that civil fraud case. Former President Trump's team says they'll appeal the $355 million judgment against him. But even when they do so, his attorney says they'll have to post the bond, which is the full amount, and then some. It's unclear how he'll fork that over. There's speculation he could sell some assets from his sprawling real estate portfolio that could include Trump Tower, Trump Park Avenue, 40 Wall Street. Trump's attorney did not confirm whether these properties are on the chopping block, but did say they're prepared to post bond as they appeal. She called the amount of the damages, which is greater than the GDP of some countries like Micronesia, a scare tactic. Yeah, now uh, Trump is expected to appeal within uh, 30 days. So he's got to cough up $455 million, you know, the, the judgment with interest. And, uh, you know, basically what has happened here is is that uh, this is an astronomical figure that makes it difficult or impossible for any defendant to appeal, you know, absent declaring bankruptcy. That, that's what they want Donald Trump to do here. Yeah. And, and, and it's it, it raises serious statutory and constitutional questions. Is everybody that's thinking about trading in a vehicle today at a local dealership uh, on the hook for inflating the value of that vehicle? Because I'm because I'm going to ask for as much as I can. I'm go- I'm going to exaggerate a little bit too when I go to sell it. Right? 
According to old Judge Smiley, that's a bad thing. Uh, here's Kevin O'Leary again. I'm not the only person saying that. And here's a real-time situation. In development in real estate right now, the hottest asset class is very high-end data centers. They cost anywhere from 25 to $3.5 each. They're very expensive. They require low power. You need permits. But most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers, and that's why developers like me are doing this. Now... You need power. So New York has Niagara Falls. Normally, you would consider that to put in one of these facilities, create 400 jobs, five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services. I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, my staff have met with him. Governor Bergen, the same thing. Governor Justice. Those are winner states. They don't do things like this. I have to syndicate that debt and all that equity. We're talking billions of dollars here. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. Yeah, Kevin O'Leary on the Fox Business Channel. I think New York has really, really shot itself in the foot. Uh, they've, they've played a very poor long game, and this is just uh, you know kind of the latest example of that. Um, but I, I've heard estimates that they're like, a trillion dollars in business that has left New York largely for Florida and Texas. Manhattan skyscrapers are like 50% full, which would indicate to me that New York is really not uh, not going to recover from this very well, if at all. Yeah. I mean, $455 million judgment, and you got to pay all that before you can before you can even appeal, real estate developers would be wise to look anywhere but New York. It is uh, 623. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. Listen, it was, uh, it was uh, and you don't say this every day, it was a sizable cockfighting ring uh, that was broken up in Caldwell County. <laughs> yeah, the sheriff's office says they busted nine people. Uh, they took 20 cars, a trailer. 35 roosters also seized, and uh, this happened on uh, Dry Creek Road. Mm. And apparently, it was. Uh, I, I guess they. I guess they get together in a garage and throw a couple of roosters in a in a in a round cage and and watch them fight with their little boxing gloves and little spikes on their feet. Is that is that what it is? Is that the the entertainment? To be I, I, to be honest with you, I've never personally attended one, so I don't know. But uh, I, I'm sure it's something along those lines. Well, uh, I, I actually have a little bit more insight in this than maybe some other folks. Oh, you do? I grew up across the street from some dude that was, when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, elementary school, and he had a, he had a cockfighting ring in his garage. Oh, wow. It was a big deal. I mean, there'd be people coming in, you know, different times of the you know, night to, to, to gamble and watch the cockfighting. There's a lot of money that changes hands with those things. Yeah, and, and, and it was basically a two-bay garage, and it had a cock ring right in the middle of it where they, uh, they throw the chickens and uh, they start going at it, just like that. Yeah, it's one of those things that I don't think I could ever want to personally go visit. Well, I, I could tell you're having a difficult time just me reading the story. I oh. can see you squirming in your seat over there. Uh, well, part of it is because sometimes I have a very sophomoric sense of humor. It's a it's a crime fighting story, Patrick. <laughs> Yes, I know it is a crime fighting story. A, this is a horrible thing that happened to these poor roosters. How about a how about a how about a little maturity? Okay. I'll try. I'll try to bring the maturity next segment. All right. I guess I'm, I can't I, promise it for the I rest guess, of the time. Though. I guess it's. I guess there's some kind of entertainment out of it, right? Uh, all jokes aside, I don't know how because I mean, you know, it's, it's it's brutality. These poor these poor roosters have like razor blades on their feet, don't they? I, that's what I hear. That's what I recall. Little spikes or something like that. You know, yeah. they they kind of strap it to them. You know, and I think they fight to the death. Uh, am I right about that? Yes. Yes. Why don't they just fight each other? 
You know, instead of, instead of roosters, why don't they, the guys that own the roosters just get together and fight? Do they have a snack bar that serves chicken fingers? If they don't, they're missing a they're big missing, opportunity. They? They're missing one, aren't they? <laughs> How about that? Listen, um, a, a hoax call about a kidnapping, uh, the kidnapping of a baby, actually sends nine police officers scrambling in North Austin. This, uh, yeah, police say that Markeisha Thompson, she called 911 to report that her rental car had been stolen from a Home Depot parking lot and the baby was in the back seat. Well, uh, police did track the vehicle down, but uh, there was no baby in the back seat. They later learned that the baby was safe in San Antonio with a friend. Now, police say that Thompson then refused. Uh, you know, well, she, she, she admitted to confess to filing a false report because you know, she no longer wanted custody of uh, the, the baby. Mm. Yeah, she didn't want custody. Well, at least she did the right thing of giving a baby to, I guess, a family friend or something in San Antonio. Yeah, but I, I, I still am, am confused as to why... You'd go to that length. I mean, what, what would that even solve? Your baby is clear. Other people clearly know where your baby is. Um, and, and you call cops in Austin saying, well, she, she's gone. She was kidnapped. Didn't happen. Yeah. All, all because you didn't want custody? Well, why why they, even do that? Yeah, the only thing you did was get yourself in trouble. That's, that's the only thing you did. I mean, I, should it be more than a Class A misdemeanor? I mean, that sort of... I, I mean, you know, I guess it's just filing a false police report, but you know, you had n- almost a dozen cops. There's an adoption process. That's it's easy. Yeah, very noble too. Texas has what is it that uh, was it the baby Noah law or or something like that where sure. you know you can also take it to fire stations. That's right. There's a lot of things that you could do better than filing a false report that seems to have absolutely no point. All right, jump in here, and 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 I bet it freaked those cops out too, man. Searching for a baby, we're looking for a baby, fellas. Nine cops are on the prowl looking for some this kid. Man, oh man, oh man. 633 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Uh, Vandy, I don't see a name on that uh, that screen there. Brandon. Brandon. All right, let's see. Let's squeeze in uh, Brandon. Uh, Brandon, good morning. Morning, gentlemen. How y'all doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Oh, not much. I was just thinking, uh, with that judgment against Trump for the $350 million there, that was for over-inflating the net worth of his properties to lobby it against other... or. To use it for other loans, right? Something like that, yeah. Okay, can I uh, can I now sue the property appraisal district for inflating the price of my home so they can uh, pro- charge me for a property tax? They do that every year, don't they? Every uh, single every one. Every year. Yeah. They pay, like the top <laughs> the amount they used to pay in Florida. Yeah. You go down to buy a used car, they're going to inflate the price too, right? Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and the reason you know, and, you, and your reason you know that's an indication of uh, inflating the price, not only at the county tax assessor and your local car dealership, is is because they're willing to hackle, right? They come down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't haggle too much. I know. I hear you. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate you, man, checking in at 512-836-0590. Listen, when uh, looking at the future of Austin Energy's generation, Mayor Cork Watson says he's looking at three things sustainability and climate, affordability and reliability. Those are the things he's looking at. Uh, he says those are the prongs or elements of Austin Energy looking, uh, you know, as part of their 2030 resource generation and climate protection plan, which is uh, slated to, you know, go back to the city council sometime next month. Well, late Friday, uh, according to KXAN, Watson announced in his newsletter that he's concerned about the direction of Austin Energy. And uh, with this plan, concerned about which direction it's going, namely, you know, the uh, the Fayette power plant. He says we got to get out of it. We can be responsible. We can be thoughtful. We can be creative. 
but not if we make it all about black or white decisions. Yeah, Austin Energy said in a written response to KXAN Friday that it was exploring in the light of uh, the mayor's remarks. The Fayette power plant, roughly about an hour uh, from downtown Austin, it's a coal-fired power plant. It was uh, one of the plants included in the University of Texas Research Project that looked at the health impacts uh, this kind of energy has here locally. And in fact, the EPA uh, says you breathe dangerous, dirty air in Austin, Texas, right this very minute. Yeah. Uh, yep. The mayor says that uh, the Fayette Power Plant is responsible for about 75% of the local air pollution. Well, we don't have any other options. I mean, that is our, I mean, we could, it's like we pointed out, I mean, it's still going to be in use even if Austin backs out and, and, and no longer, you know, recognizes it as a viable source of energy generation. But we have no other options. We, ha we have no alternatives to it here. So, I mean, what what does he propose? Because he says we need to be out by January 2029. That sounds pretty black and white to me. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and if it's such an existential threat, then you should shut it down tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, once again, the word's not matching the fear that they're spreading. Right. Well, ultimately, researchers found roughly a half million deaths are tied to coal-fired power plants in the United States since 1999. That's what the researchers say. I don't know how they come to that conclusion, but that's, uh, that's the number they threw out there. Corin Ziegler, an associate professor of statistics and data science at UT, uh, put the findings simple, and he spoke with KXAN. Pollution that originates specifically from a coal power plant, there's some evidence that it's um, particularly bad for yeah. people. Now, on the top of the health risk, Watson claims the Fayette Power Plant is Austin's single largest contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Here's the myth. We run our issues and our questions through the prism of how do we get out of Fayette Power Plant no later than January of, of 2029. Yeah, that's uh, Mayor Kirk Watson there. So if, if we as human beings, in, in the United States of America specifically, have for many decades and generations uh, lived around co these these dirty coal coal fired plants and these these polluters uh, you know other kinds of factories and, and it's so dangerous for all of us. How is it that we have? I mean, based on what we're told, we shouldn't have nine billion people on this planet anymore. We should have all died out a long time ago because right. we would have killed ourselves with this horrible air we've been pumping out for all these generations. And yet somehow. Uh, we continue to multiply. Yeah, if the mayor was serious about saving lives, because that's what they're talking about, right? It's killing people, right? This dirty pollution is killing people. Well, mayor, if 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 you're sincere about this, shut it down. Get out of it now, today, right? Get some solar panels on the rooftop of City Hall. Get a windmill out there as well. Otherwise, you're just a big fat hypocrite looking to get a reelection. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I see nothing changing. Certainly. Uh, it, I don't think, you know, I mean, the, the city had this plan. Or we were, we were going to end everything uh, by 2022. And, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, and, and probably because the city council has, they're really good at just saying words and we're going to put plans in action. We're, we're gonna, you know, hire third-party reviews and all this stuff, but nothing ever gets done. Mayor Adler is just trying to appeal to a voting base there. That's all he's doing. He's just appealing to the DSA constituents of Austin, Texas. He's not sincere about this at all. Because if he was, he'd be more aggressive in shutting it down. Mayor, it's killing people. That's what you're telling us. But how aggressive could you really get with no alternative? Doug Lewin, uh, an energy expert and author of the Texas Energy and Power Newsletter, uh, said uh, unlike a, a decade ago when uh, the Austin City Council members first started talking about this desire to eliminate Austin's portion of the plant, cleaner options 
are now starting to become cheaper than coal. A central argument against shutting down the power plant years ago. Here is uh, uh, Doug Lewin. He's the energy expert, uh, Texas Energy and Power Newsletter. It really is a remarkable moment we're living in right now where um, solar actually is cheaper than other forms of power, right? I mean, as recently as four or five years ago, that was not the case. Solar is cheaper power. Yeah, uh, not according to everything I've heard. It, it, it really, I mean, it's highly, it's very expensive to get just panels installed on your roof. It is highly subsidized well, yeah. by the federal government. Maybe that's why it's cheaper, because it's highly subsidized by the federal government. We are still paying for if it. If you and I make a widget, you sell it for $10, but I get to sell mine for $5 because I'm getting $5 from the federal government, that makes it cheaper. Mm. Sure. My widget is cheaper than yours. At least on the surface, it makes it cheaper. That's true. This is all nonsense. I, 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 we're, we're, I think you're right. We're not serious about this. No, we're not serious. And, and, and especially it, when you look at the EPA report talking about the fine particulate matter, you know what that also includes? Construction site, debris, you know, like dust from construction site. Saharan dust that, that naturally makes its way from the Sahara over here. They would consider that. So what are we going to do about that stuff you have no control over? And, and, and no matter how much you, uh, you, you change policy here in Austin, Texas, no, how much, no matter how much money you go in debt or how much money you put your grandkids in debt with bond packages to tackle climate change, it will result in no change whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, because we, we're some... actually not the biggest polluter on the planet. Exactly. Let me squeeze in. Uh, is it Clyde and Bee Caves this morning? Clyde, good morning. You Oh, we're losing you, Clyde. You're, you're going through the tunnel there. And, and if, hang on a second. Now. You're, let's, he's in that bee cave tunnel. Give me some that bee. He's in bee cave. Clyde, you there? Yeah, I'm here. There Can you, you hear me? Yes, Loud sir. and clear. Go right ahead, sir. Uh, you just said what I'm trying to say. Folks, we all live in a bubble. It doesn't matter what's happening here. Because it's all going, the air is going to all get mixed up. If y'all, if Kirk Watson and everyone in, in Austin really wants to change, change the environment, go get a and go out to these lakes and creeks and roadways and start picking up the trash. I hear you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, Clyde. I appreciate that. Jump in five one two eight three six zero five ninety during that storm, Yuri. That Fayette power plant made uh, made the city of Austin a whole lot of money. And it also, uh, during that storm, Uri really put uh, the city of Georgetown in a pinch because mm. they couldn't get any power from the windmills. That's right. They had to pay big bucks. That extreme summer we had last year, too, also made the, the, the Fayette power plant a lot of money. Squeeze in Robert in South Austin. Robert. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. If solar is cheaper than coal then why does it require government subsidies and tax breaks to be to make the technology economically feasible to use? Because it's not cheaper. It has to be right. subsidized. Right. Yeah, thank you, man. 648 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Uh, over the weekend, the Austin Police Association president noted that an entire sector of the city went two hours without a patrol officer. Uh, claiming the current policing staffing uh, shortage is, uh, well, a real problem. APA President Michael Bullock says in 2006, the police department had uh, just over 1,400 officers, uh, roughly the same number as now, eight years later. And our population has grown, right? 
And uh, it's putting a real strain on the department, these staffing issues. And, uh, well, it's time to get creative, he says. We're on an unsustainable path. And our department is reaching a point where we just, we, we can't rearrange ourselves. It's stretching us way too thin. And we're starting to see these, these gaps that are coming up in our coverage, in our ability to respond to 911 calls. And ultimately, right, it's a detriment to being able to provide the level of public safety that our city expects. It's a holistic approach, right? Like there is no, there's no silver bullet that fixes all of this, right? So there are multiple aspects that need to be addressed, not just from a criminal justice system. Yeah, now uh, Michael Bullock there, the APA president, says uh, talking with CBS Austin KI News that says getting the contract is, is also important for recruiting and retaining. And he believes that they're getting closer to, uh, you know, getting on the path towards some sort of negotiation. The city hired a lawyer, right. uh, a legal team not too long ago and a couple of weeks ago to, to begin these, uh, to resume these negotiations. And well, there you go. Yeah, well, uh, until this lawsuit is settled uh, with, with the you know, equity action wanting to pry into the, the, the confidential personnel files, which would defy state law, uh, you know, the, the union says it can't move anywhere. And I, I, it's, it's nice to know that both sides say, you know, when we get to that point, we're ready to go uh, and, you know, resume these talks. But something's got to be done because, you know, they lost more officers than they gained last year. I'm sure it was like that the year before and the year before. Um, we've got all of these, uh, these gaps, the East Austin, we had the downtown sector on Thursday with only two cops as, as four were playing glorified security guard for city council members. And then you hear stories about, you know, like, uh, you know, people being assaulted and, and victimized and, and, you know, taking forever for cops to, to respond because there just aren't enough. Why did the cops show up to city hall? Well, I, from what I understand, there were some very, uh, there were some concerning protesters, uh, you know, I think one of, of, at least one of them spat, you know. I get it. I, I understand. They were causing a scene. They needed to be called. I get that. But uh, there are countless stories of Austinites calling police and, and no one even answering at 911. That's right. That's right. Or uh, you call and they tell you, well, you know, we understand that you were a victim of crime, but you're not currently being victimized by this, so call 311 or go ahead and you know submit a, submit a report through our, our AI tool online. I just think maybe the, uh, the city council should have called a counselor. Well, yeah. I mean, if it would, if it would right. be good enough for us. Right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, if the cops are not going to be there for you, which I think they are, they do respond. They want to be. They want to be. They're, they're doing the best they can. I get that. Yes. But uh, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of a stick in the eye that they, you know, they got there so quick to help the city council. The same city council that's putting them in, putting their lives at risk every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of dangerous rhetoric that comes from city hall and has for years. Yeah, anti-cop rhetoric. Uh, well, speaking of public safety, uh, Capital Metro is uh, ramping up their efforts to provide, uh, I guess, security, armed security uh, around some bus stations, some uh, train stations uh, yeah, here locally. Four. The four, four sta- I, I'm not sure if they'll be armed though. Uh, I, I, I can't. I, I think they're actually going to be unarmed. Like they're just going to contract out with a with an unarmed security company to just kind of make you feel safer. At, now, why uh, is this? Why why are we doing this? Why is there a need for this? Well, I think going back to what we were just talking about, in, in part, we don't have enough cops that could show up if you're being assaulted, harassed, uh, robbed mm-hmm. at gunpoint at, at a at a at a bus stop. So we want to have some some unarmed, uh, I guess, deterrence who probably wouldn't be able to do very much, especially if they're unarmed and and and. Uh, so, you know, it's some because of these guys may get beaten up. It's because in some neighborhoods of Austin, Texas, it's not safe to sit on a park bench waiting on a bus. Mm. It's right. It's not. 
I wonder, though, you know, so as not to offend, you know, sort of like with the DPS when it patrolled certain neighborhoods that, you know, the crime data kind of sent them to. And people got mad saying, well, we're being targeted. Well, I wonder if they, the city would say, all right, well, we'll put, we'll put some security guards at bus stops, but we're going to put them where the crime is very low. You know, just so, you know, and, and there would, then there would be extra no effect. Now, Capitol Metro is working to build its own police force. Mm-hmm. Are these security guards or police officers? They will be commissioned police officers. All right. Yeah. 653, jump in here at 512-836-0590. of uh, currently retired Americans say that they are very likely to go back to work this year. They say the top reasons for returning to work is is inflation and the increased cost of living. That's what 61% of the retirees say. Additionally, retirees say that uh, they may return to work because they did not save enough money for uh, retirement. And they maybe they've racked up some debt along the way. Uh, some say about 30% of those say they're just fighting the boredom. Which, yeah, that's, I get that. that's, that's a little bit different story, yeah. right? A majority, 78% of the retirees considering to return to work are very enthusiastic. Uh, and in fact, here's a quote uh, from uh, career advisor Stacy Holler. Clearly, the driving factor for a majority of seniors returning to work is financial. But this is not the only reason for many. Uh, in my own practice, I often meet retirees who find uh, that they miss uh, the camaraderie of working with others. But uh, one in 12... Uh, or rather, one in eight, twelve percent of Americans who are currently retired say they have to go back to work just to make ends meet to uh, to survive. And that is that that is such a shame because you know you work you work for decades, you know, and, and you you sock away money, uh, you fight through the the oppressive taxation uh, of it all, and you finally get there, and only to find out that inflation has driven you back into the office, maybe in your mid seventies, maybe eighty. You know, at a time in which you should be enjoying your life, enjoying the fruits of your labor for once without any sort of worry or concern, you know, about having to get up and and go grind for some more of it the next day like we do right now currently. Uh, (laughs) It's almost like uh, even the dream of one day retiring is is going away. It's becoming more and more likely that you got to work to the day you die, you know, and that's that's a sad state of affairs. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 855- Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, TexasRhinoShield.com.